Well, let's talk today about sometimes I lack integrity. Many years ago, I learned a lesson about integrity that I have never forgotten. This particular lesson was what led me to read about and study the topic of integrity for the last several decades. Many years ago, at the end of Sunday services, like most pastors, I would be standing at the door shaking hands and thanking people for coming. I would agree at times to call someone back because someone would come up and say, I need to speak with you sometime this week. Please give me a call when you have time. I would agree and continue shaking hands. And then when everybody was gone, the doors were locked, I'd head out to a town two and a half hours away for a regular Sunday evening service in a church that I was working with at that time. Back home by midnight, more than a bit exhausted, and I'd fall into bed. The next morning, I would get up and head to the office to start a new week, a new teaching, a new whatever, totally forgetting that I promised to call this person and that person. One day, the Holy Spirit convicted me that I lacked integrity, that I had said I would call so-and-so and didn't. So my promise, my words, were valueless. This Sunday, please call me routine and lack of integrity continued for a few more months until I had a small revelation from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to me one day, don't promise to call them. Don't take on the obligation to remember that you were to call them and then to call. Simply ask them to call you on Monday morning when you're next back in the office. Then if they really need to speak to you, they will remember and they will call you. And I have been doing that ever since. And it has safeguarded my integrity in a small but important way. I can't say that I've mastered this whole area of personal integrity, but I have definitely moved forward. I've taken a number of solid steps to improve this aspect of my character and my life. So that's why I want today to look at sometimes I lack integrity. I find it tragic that we live in a world where people are more shocked by a display of integrity than a lack of it. Return the extra change you receive when you picked up the, something at 7-Eleven and watch the reaction because people just don't do that. They lack integrity. More and more often, people seem surprised when someone does the right thing instead of being surprised when somebody does what we know is simply wrong. This inversion that has happened in our world is a sad indictment of how corrupt and self-absorbed and self-centered our culture has become. Our ethics, our morals are more often determined by what we want, when we want it, and we usually want it now. It's all about us. So let's loosely define integrity. Integrity is living what you believe. That's especially a good definition for the believer, for the Christian. Integrity is living what you believe. Another definition could be integrity is walking on the outside what you believe on the inside. Or third one, integrity is living with all aspects of your life lining up into one big hole or all going in the same direction. Tony Dungy, a football coach, so brilliantly stated, Integrity doesn't come in degrees, low, medium, or high. You either have integrity or you don't. 
And you don't have to look far to find a story about people who lack integrity. Maybe it's a professional athlete everybody looks up to. He's the best at what he does. But on top of that, he selflessly gives of himself to some charitable organization that's making people's lives better. Then one day the news comes out. He had a whole nother sordid secret life that we never knew about. Lacks integrity. Some politicians do exactly the same thing. They run for office on a platform to make things better. And one day we discover that they've been living covertly as though they are above the law. It even happens to Christian leaders, pastors, ministers, evangelists, who preach God's word, but on the side are taking drugs, visiting prostitutes, embezzling from their churches. They're living without integrity. They're not integrated. They're not functioning as a unified whole. What they believe on the inside is not affecting the way they are living on the outside. They're living contrary to their beliefs. They say one thing and they live another. All of those things are so normal that they don't really take us by surprise anymore. It's only worse, it seems, when the same thing happens to a close friend. You know, you thought you knew them, you loved them, trusted them, and then boom, the curtain falls and you see the mess that was going on all along behind the scenes. But when we hear about it in mass media, it doesn't fizz us in the least anymore. We just think it's normal. So if the lack of integrity is clear, what is true integrity? Here's a simple definition. Practicing integrity means that your behavior matches your beliefs. Your behavior matches your beliefs. That's all there is to it. All the parts of your life seamlessly form one united whole. There are no secret compartments or double lives. What you say actually matches what you do. Your lifestyle is integrated. Your personal life matches your public life. No surprises. What other people see is that they get no matter is what they get, no matter what the setting in which they meet you. You may have heard the term defined this way. Integrity is what you do when no one else is looking. Just to clarify, personal integrity is not the same thing as your reputation. Your reputation is who other people think you are. Your integrity, or lack thereof, is who you really are. So God's word tells us, the Bible tells us, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. How true. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Just think of all the people who were destroyed when their house of cards, built on the shaky foundation of deception, came crashing down. I think many segments of society are being destroyed today by the duplicity of leaders, even entire organizations, who claim to believe one thing, yet practice something else. I was really impressed a couple of weeks back um, when I discovered the example of someone who has serious integrity. I mean, seriously, he has serious integrity. The Episcopal Church, which is the Anglican Church in the United States, ruled that clergy were allowed to perform marriages of the same sex. 
The Bishop of Albany, New York, the right Reverend Bill Love, wrote his clergy and told them they could not do gay marriages. Yes, the National Church had passed a canonical law that they could do same-sex marriages, but the leader of an area, a district, a region of the Episcopal Church, it's called the diocese, the Bishop of Albany, the right Reverend Bill Lowe, wrote his love, sorry, Bill Love, wrote his clergy and told them they could not do gay marriages. In his letter, he cited biblical and canonical or church law reasons. The National Church began disciplinary actions against him. Even though he had faithfully served as a bishop for 14 years and was simply showing personal and professional integrity in his decisions. He was also following a biblical mandate. He could see the writing on the wall. They were taking legal action to remove him, and so he resigned his position and left the church. That is a man with integrity. With integrity, we see a consistency of character. A person of integrity is the same no matter where he or she is or who they are with. And one of the best examples of a person of integrity is the biblical Samuel from the Old Testament. Towards the end of his life, Samuel recaps his record of faithful service before the Israelite people. And he says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, Here I stand, testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? For whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I've done any of these things, I will make it right. And the people said, You have not cheated or oppressed us. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. At the end of his life, Samuel stood before his entire community and said, Have I lived a life of integrity? If I have ever wronged any of you, just tell me and I'll make it right. He's asking, Have I lived the way I preach? Have I lived by what I believe? Are my insides and my outside in unity? And they answered him, You've always done the right thing. You are a person of integrity, Samuel. You, are, you have been faithful. At the end of my life, I want to be able to ask the same question and hopefully get the same response. I want my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, generations of house after me, to be able to do exactly as Samuel's community did. At the end of my life, I want to be able to say honestly, here's your free shot. Did I do what I claimed I would do? Did I practice what I preached? People may even answer, well, we didn't like your sense of humor or the way you dressed or your style of ministry, and we didn't agree even with some of the things you believe and why you believe them. But yes, you are a person of integrity. All the things you said you believed, you actually lived. That's my hope and prayer. That's what I'm working towards. Another biblical man, Samuel was a great first, experience, first example, but the second biblical example of integrity would be David, perhaps even made more credible because he failed big time and try, hide, tried to hide it, but in the end he couldn't live with himself because he was a man of integrity. He offered another picture of what integrity looks like. In one of his psalms, David asks, Lord, who may dwell in your secret tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? And then catalogs the traits of such a godly person. And you'll find this in Psalm 15. 
Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain, the ones who walk, whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. David asks, Lord, who gets to enjoy your continued presence? Who can come into your holy tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? Who gets to walk with you and fellowship with you? In each case, the answer is the person who lives a life of integrity. And the promise is that whoever does these things will never be shaken. When we live with integrity, when we live this way, we will never be shaken. That's an incredible promise. That's an incredible statement that is made there in the Bible. So the question remains, are you a person of integrity? Be honest with yourself. No, be really honest with yourself. And if there are some areas where you could do better, if there are some areas where your walk and your talk don't line up, then you need to decide today to make some changes. Foundational changes, changes on the inside. You may be able to make the changes on your own, or more likely, you may need someone to walk with you through them. A good friend, a pastor, a leader. But the bottom line is simple. Do what it takes to be a person of integrity, and that means your life, you, will never be shaken. So let's look at four other ben serious benefits of living a life of integrity. There are so many more, but these are some of my favorites. First off, if you have a life of integrity, you'll walk closely with God. Think of it like this. If I can clearly impart my family values to my children, and they choose to live their lives according to those principles and values, then obviously that will increase our harmony and our closeness with each other. On the other hand, consider what would happen if I clearly shared my important values with my children and one or more of them decided to go their own way contrary to what I taught them. Now, of course, I will still love that child, but certainly their choices are going to interfere with our intimacy, with our communion, with our ongoing fellowship, with our relationship. And our relationship with God follows a similar dynamic. When you live according to his values, you'll naturally walk with him, enjoying his presence daily. The second benefit of living a life of integrity is you'll have divine GPS. Proverbs 11 verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them. When you allow integrity to lead you, if you have integrity as a foundational value in your life, you don't have to guess what is right or what is wrong. Decisions become much easier when they're based on what you think you can get away with, but not, not, not on the things that you think you can get away with, but on what's right in God's eyes. Let me say that again. Decisions become much easier when they're based not on what you think you can get, but on what's right in God's eyes. 
It's the difference between following your best guesses on how to reach your destination versus using a first-rate GPS that tells you how to proceed every step along the way. You must allow your integrity to guide you. Number three, third benefit of living a life of integrity is you will feel constant peace on the inside. This is the benefit that means the most to me. When I lay my head on my pillow at night, I don't ever lie there worrying, man, I sure hope nobody finds out what I've done today. When you live with integrity, you're not constantly looking over your shoulder. You're not constantly fearful of getting caught. You're not constantly wondering how long it will be until you're found out. When you simply do the right thing and live with integrity, you abide in constant peace. There's no fear. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no regret. Just peace. And number four. The fourth thing gained of many uh, when you're a person of integrity, is you'll gain trust, respect, honor, and influence. If you want to lead and inspire your family and friends, be a person of integrity. If you want great children, be a parent of integrity. If you want influence where you work, be a person of your word. When you live with integrity, people will follow you and honor you. They'll listen when you speak. Over time, they'll even begin to seek out your wisdom and advice. That's the legacy of intimacy and integrity. Let me give you some concluding ideas and thoughts. The benefits of integrity may seem obvious, yet they remain out of reach for many people, including those who should be the best examples, the Christians. One of the most common complaints I hear from people outside the church is that Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. Clearly a promise, sorry, clearly a problem, since a hypocrite is the opposite of a person of integrity. The Greek word for hypocrite that we translate from the Greek into the English literally means an actor or stage player. In the tradition of ancient Greek drama, each actor played several different roles. They used a different carved wooden mask for each of the various characters they were playing. Maybe you've seen the smiling comic face alongside the frowning tragic mask used as symbols for the theater or to represent drama in general. When an actor in ancient Greece needed to switch to a different character, he simply picked up a different mask and held it in front of his face. It was as simple as that. And I think many of us do exactly the same thing. For each social circumstance we find ourselves in, we present ourselves in the best possible light, even if it's not honest, even if it's not accurate, even if it's not authentic, and definitely if it's not real. We calculate, calculate who we think someone wants us to be, and then we select the appropriate mask to play that part for them. But it's only the mask. It's not who you really are. It's just who you're pretending to be. And it may be hard to see it in yourself, but each of us lacks integrity at some point or other. Each of us wears a mask at some point or other. It seems like we can always justify our pet behaviors, whether it's by calling them little white lies or telling ourselves we're protecting the feelings of others. We always can justify why we're wearing a mask and why we're not being real with other people. 
but consider how God looks at our little quirks. While Jesus openly welcomed repentant prostitutes, adulterers, other vile sinners into his kingdom, he was relentless in condemning hypocrites. Here's what he says in Matthew 23, verses 25 to 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and the outside of the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of dead of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Jesus exposed them for what they were. He essentially said, you are a bunch of fakes. You play actors. You have zero integrity. You put on your game face and you look religious. You look nice and righteous on the outside. But inside, your heart is absolutely filthy with sin. It doesn't make any difference if people appear to be righteous. What matters is to be pure on the inside, as we saw in David's psalm. Woe to you if you lack integrity or are full of hypocrisy. So we must start with what's inside us, allowing Christ to transform us, and then our actions on the outside will follow suit. Through Jesus, we clean the inside of the cup before we move on to the outside. We sacrifice our selfish, deceitful, ego-driven impulses on the altar of truth so that our behavior reflects God's righteousness. Integrity starts from the inside out not the outside in. So let me give you some rubber meets the road information. To become a true person of integrity, number one, get to know Jesus. I mean, get to really know Jesus. I don't mean just to learn more about him from a distance. I'm not referring to reading your Bible and reading nice stories about him. That may be a part of really knowing Jesus, but just a small part. You have to take the time and make the effort to get to know him personally on a heart level, not just know about him on a head level. The simple truth is, you can never live a life of integrity on your own. You are born bent towards sin, and the only way you can do it is to get to know him personally and then allow the indwelling Christ to change you. Let the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit lead you to do what is right. God, get to know God and get to really know him, truly know him, and let him start living in and through you. The second rubber meets the road idea, set things right. If there are people you've misrepresented yourself to, if you've been wearing a mask in certain situations, you need to go to them, go to those people in those situations, repent and apologize to them. You need to go to each person and admit, I'm sorry, for the last however many years, I've not been true with you. I've been living a life of hypocrisy. Will you forgive me? And if they do genuinely forgive you, you need to understand 
Just because they forgive you doesn't mean they'll automatically trust you again. You'll have to rebuild, or perhaps build for the first time, your new life of integrity. Number one, get to really know Jesus. Number two, set things right with people. And the third rubber meets the road is become a walking no-spin zone. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 37, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. This may sound like the simplest thing, but it is often the hardest thing you need to do. Begin a walking no-spin zone. Become a walking no-spin zone. And the results of those three things, when you align yourself this way, you'll start walking closely with God and you will discover that you have a built-in guide. You'll find absolute abiding, abiding peace. You'll begin to receive honor, trust, and respect from people around you. You'll enjoy influence you've never had before. So here's the, the end result. Here's the bottom line. Get rid of the masks. Stop being a hypocrite. Risk it. Be the real you. Allow God's Holy Spirit to transform you from the inside out. Integrity really does matter a lot.